Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining the Create Careers Talents webinar series. Um, it's called the Tabula Rasa. Tabula Rasa pretty much means a blank mind. Um, so we expect that most of people who are joining us here are people who consider themselves um, teachable, um, because that means that you consider yourself as having a blank mind and wanting to knowledge better at whatever it is that you currently um, our series today is starting with TV writing, get your foot in the door. Um, the session is for one hour. Um, we're going to take the first 40 minutes to go through some practical um, some practical knowledge. And after that, we're going to have a Q&A session. But feel free to type your questions in the chat box at any time. Um, if you have questions, we expect you to raise your hand. Um, but when we get to the Q&A session, we'll take some time to go through each of your questions. Um, our facilitator today is Faith Gideon. Um, Faith, welcome. Thank you for thank you for facilitating this session. Um, so over to you. Hi, everyone. Um, good afternoon. Um, I hope everyone can see me. And I hope everyone can hear me as well. Okay. I believe so. Yes, we can. So if um, sorry, okay, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure of that. Um, I hope we all had a very, or we are having a very good day so far. Um, welcome to this um series. Uh, sorry, this webinar on um, um, CV writing. So we will begin today with um. Okay, let me first ask this question. Uh, does any one of us actually know why we need a CV. Okay. Anyways, I want to believe that at some point in our lives we must have Googled or gone online, you know, to to find out or to search research on how to write a professional CV. So going into this um, series we would um, look at um, the learning objectives of, 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 a, of CV writing. And um, by the end of this presentation or by the end of this webinar, we would be able to understand terms of a good CV. We will un identify our skills and personal qualities as well as identify your critical personal development areas and also draft your CV in a recruiter desirable way. So um, why do we need a CV? Like I initially asked. So primarily we need a CV because it's um, a professional representation of who we are on paper. You know, it tells exactly who we are professionally. It tells um, our skills. It tells us um, our career path and all that. <laughs> Anyways, we will. We also need a CV in order to get to places that um, otherwise we will never reach. Because your CV gets you know to get you uh, like uh, sorry like the topic says your CV gets your foot in the door in the first place. Then um, we also need a CV because it's 
your uh, opportunity to get, um, like I said, to get our foot into a corporate, uh, a corporation's door, um, as well as it's the opportunity to show recruiters that we are the ID or you are the ID candidate part time. We also need a CV in order to show exactly where we are today in our professional journey, as well as provide clarity to assist in our future development and career goals. You know, um, a CV also, we also need a CV to showcase our potential value to recruiter and employers basically, as well as like a business plan. It gives you a platform to present the best of yourself to a recruiter. So from the perspective of a recruiter, you know, your first responsibility as a job seeker is to look great on paper. Hence, you know, the need for a CV. Now let's move on to the do's and don'ts of um, a CV. Okay, from... Okay, so, so from the um, slide you can see, it's showing us, you know, what you need to, what you need to um, have and what you shouldn't have on your CV. As well as characteristics of a winning CV. Now, what I'm showing you here is um, an example of a wrong CV, right? So, for instance, it says at some point that, uh, okay, for this one, the slide I'm showing you right now, this CV is completely centralized, which is usually not acceptable, you know, in a, it's not acceptable at all, um, effort to present yourself in this form. And on the other side of the screen is also showing us um, a CV that was totally, you know, I can call this a, um, a disorganized CV because there are no bullet points. No, it's, it almost seems like you don't have any, any punctuations anywhere on this CV. So you can't even begin to understand what the person is trying to, to say about themselves or what they've done and, and so on and so forth. So here is another here's another um, example of a wrong CV. Now let's go through the breakdown of of the CV that uh, of the CVs that we have looked at. Um, just a minute, I'm trying to get to the... Sorry, I'm trying to get to... Okay, so, uh, sorry, I was trying to get us um, a breakdown of some CVs, like of some CVs, which we looked at some time back, and 
and came up with a checklist as well as the corrections that were made on, you know, those series. But I'm sorry, for some reason, I can't seem to find those slides right now. Okay. Sorry, I don't have that those slides. I I think I have I have it somewhere else. Yeah, I get that. Uh, okay, if you would permit me, please, to quickly just close this and. Go over to the PDF document where I have those cases. Sorry, I'm with you. I'm just um, trying to get those slides. Can we still hear me? Is everyone there? Yes, we can. I'm trying to share the slides on my end as well. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I don't have the slides on the PowerPoint. I'm trying to get them from from the PDF document. Sorry about that. Are we are we still here? Yes, we are. Okay. 
I'm sorry about that. Um, it's been sorted out. So sorry, we're still having some technical challenges. Okay, um, moving on. So I'm sure we can see the um, CV I'm trying to show us. Now, we will quickly look at the report on this CV. This was a CV which we um, worked on some time back and then um, came up with um, some corrections and some uh, observations, you know, about the CV. So for this report, sorry, for this report, um, we noticed the um, person that this CV had um, a contact. The person had a contact. Now, location was missing in the contact meaning there was no full address uh, sorry full address is really not required um but you can at least state you know your state of residence that's if necessary um career objective was also you know there while um, you're offering enhanced productivity and team play this person did not did not exactly show or say how the skills equip him or sorry him or her to do um, the job. Now your objective is primarily and specifically the value you are offering to an employer. So if you say you're coming into the organization and you're bringing X Y Z value to add to the um, organization, you know it would it would be nice to actually include you know your journey. Um, in achieving your career goals and how you fit in, you know, based on the organization you are expecting to join. So skills was also there in that CV, like we saw. Let's, um, yeah, we had skills on the CV, but then you list a few skills at the end, but they do not say much and are unrelated to your experience. They should form part of the keywords in your experience you know, um, summarizing otherwise what they seem to be made of. So if um, you're including your skills in your CV and it doesn't say much about your experience, you know, and how you put those skills to use in your um, previous places of employment, then, you know, it doesn't really say much regarding, you know, bringing same skills to that organization. Experience was also there. Education was there, you know, um, for certifications, if we can, as we can see, um, a professional certificate, sorry, professional certifications are important in growing a career, you know, to show that you actually are fit and certified for that job role, which you are trying to apply for. Now, uh, moving on to projects and achievements. It wasn't in that CV, 
but you know in it's 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 necessary in some industries you know like for instance it construction uh, project management it would be very important for you to have um to showcase your pro, um, projects and achievements you know highlighting basically the projects you did and you know the achievements in in that um and whatever now activities were also there and this should ideally be separated from education because not all activities would be school related um volunteering for instance which was not there you know sorry which yeah which, which wasn't in the cv and you know not really a um we won't say it's a compulsory uh um, what do you call it but it actually showcases you know experience in certain areas for instance you may have worked on some special sorry some social projects and not formal these would or might help you or help the recruiter sorry help give structure to things that you know you are passionate about which would you know let whoever is recruiting know that okay this person exactly knows what they are talking about and if they come on board you know they would be because they are passionate about doing they would add value in some of those kind of areas now hobbies are not really you know you shouldn't have hobbies on your cv for instance everyone has hobbies we we all know that you know but it shows the existence of a work life balance so it's again not really a compulsory uh um it's like it, it's not really a must have in your cv you know um now let's move on to pay, uh, sorry case b which is another cv which we worked on and um based on this cv we also came up with a report regarding you know some of the things that were done right and some that were done wrong again contact with avm was included in the cv which was represented accurately you know um career objective wasn't there and for career objective this completely sorry it was completely absent from the cv and this primarily you know um shows the value you are offering to an employer like what you can do for us on um the journey to achieving a career goal uh, sorry career goal and how you fit in um skills were there um in skills we said in the report you list a few skills at the end under professional experience you know they should be divided into your core skills and any additional abilities which should correspond with your past experiences and training now this should, for there was bio data if let's quickly go back to this cv candidate included a bio data in this cv which to be honest is absolutely unnecessary because a recruiter can you know be biased based on including your bio data you know sees your sex sees the fact that you're married for some companies to be honest they um they will tell you they, like okay i've been to certain interviews that i was asked if i was single or married 
And to a large extent, being married, you know, is a determinant to whether you get the job or not. So in some cases, that's really, some people really, you know, consider singles, you know, above the married ones. They really prefer to have singles, you know, hired than to hire a, a married person. Now, religion, sorry, as part of the um, bio data in this CV is really not, not uh, necessary at all because, you know, for some people, okay, you are a Christian, somebody else is a Muslim, somebody else is not even a Christian or a Muslim and doesn't care, to be honest, about your religion. And then as such, the person can be biased about, you know, your religion and all that, you know, they the person, the recruiter might not even be a believer of God, for instance. So that even just, you know, you know, shoots you in the foot already. So for biodata, as in this um, case, is a no-no. Shouldn't be included in your CV at all. Um, experience. You should have your roles and responsibilities under each job. You shouldn't, um, we've seen cases where CVs would um, talk about experience and then begin to just list, you know, the job um, titles or um, roles, whatever they did, you know, in those, um, in those jobs. But then here we're saying that you should have your roles and responsibilities under each job title. So, for instance, I worked in A&A &A company. You know, whatever your role was in that company, you should be able to outline your job descriptions, like what the exact things you did. It might not necessarily be a narrative, like you don't need to go um, give us or give a full episode of, you know, what you did there, but you can simply just um, highlight, like give the bullet points, basic day-to-day um, um, -day activities, you know, your job functions and responsibilities, you know, as the case may be. Um, education was also included which is fine, which you need to do. But also note that you cannot have education above your skills or even experience because most people do that. You see a CV where um, as soon as the person is done with um, well, career objectives, next thing you see education, you know, the school they went to from primary to university and all that. It shouldn't come before that. Yes, it's a key part of, you know, your CV. But like in this case, um, we said you should have the qualification beneath the corresponding institution, just almost as the case of um, your experience. So if um, you maybe got a BA from a particular institution, you name the institution, sorry, name the institution, and then um, what you follow underneath it is the qualification, right? Moving on to certification. Um, the person did not have certification in the CV. But then we said professional certifications are important in growing a career. Choose a path and, you know, begin, you know, an exam diet, meaning they should be separate from your educational qualifications, which further shows the recruiter that you are focused, you know, in that particular field, especially that job role which you are trying to apply for, right? Because if, um, for instance, you have, um, you're trying to apply for uh, an accounting job. And then in your certification, we see um, um, certifications in, in safety or see certification in customer service or see certification in some other field, which is completely or totally different from accounting. Then it just shows the recruiter that 
you are not you are just everywhere you know you don't have a particular place where you have your focus on you know and at the end of the day it might make the recruiter you know wonder okay is this person really good at it good at anything or the person is just all over the place so um, that's it about certification then um okay pretty almost the same thing you know as the previous um case um let's move now to the third case okay this person started with a summary yes um i'm sure that's a brief introduction of yeah of who they are and you know what they can do now we looked at this cv and also came up with a report for the cv the checklist um starting with contact yeah contact was there in the cv you know and it was represented accurately now for security reasons we often recommend you don't use your full address street name should be the most detailed information email address is formal and ideal you know so you can give um, a general description as to where um your address what your address is but you don't need to give you know every single detail you know security for security reasons so for instance you can give your address as um lekiaja you don't need to like describe to us or describe to the recruiter exactly how to get to your to your house right um another thing that is very key under this same section is section 3 is your email address and for this person the email address was formal and was ideal so you need to also be careful you know the your email sorry the email um and the manner in which your email is presented under your contact career objective was not um present in that C the cv we just looked at yeah and um for this we said um it's completely sorry it was completely absent from the cv like i was saying your career objective is primarily um and specifically the value you are offering to an employer like i said earlier you know instead of um, in order not to keep repeating ourselves we're basically just looking at what the various candidates did right and you know and what they did wrong in their cvs uh, which would basically help us going forward you know if we have to um write our cvs you know what we need to do and what we need not to do now for um okay yeah so i just finished with um the case studies um so right now we're on question and answers so please if we have any questions based on you know what we have looked at so far we can either ask them or just um type them um thank you very much faith um maybe i can share my screen and just go over a few of the parts that um that perhaps you um that perhaps were missed um before we take the questions and answers so i'll just do this for just for a few minutes and okay. just to focus on on some of the areas that perhaps um skip um a bit fast um and this is one of the um, can we can we all see my screen oh yes okay 
So this is one of the key areas um, where people have questions with regard, um, should I put my picture in my CV? Um, should I make it colorful and bright and things like that? Um, but ideally the truth is, unless you're applying for a creative job, say you're trying to apply as a digital, a digital marketer or a graphic artist, nobody really cares about what your design skills are. Um, so I would say technically that nobody wants to see different colors, um, different um, different uh, font sizes, different arrangements, different lines, and all around the place. And what it does is that it distracts the recruiter from looking at your resume and paying attention to the things that are most important. Um, with regard to pictures, if a if a if a job advertisement does not specifically ask you for your picture the recommendation is that you do not put it there for the same reason that faith has said it really causes bias um so if there's a recruiter who apparently likes pretty girls um and he has seen your picture he tends towards preferring you over another candidate who might actually be more qualified than you so what that does is that it creates a bias and the truth is um, when that recruitment comes under question, people will doubt that there was actually any experience that you had that was of value, even if there was. So the person might have been trying to favor you, but eventually he puts you in a difficult position because at that point people are like, okay, so what, you know, why did you choose this person over the other? So pictures are specifically not recommended unless where a, a particular job asks for it. Um, and these are typically creative jobs. There are some jobs that will tell you, make a video and tell us why you think you are the best person that we should hire. That is already a creative job. So you know that the more creative you are, um, the better. But otherwise, like you said, we are not expected to put them there. Again, if you look at this CV, you will see that there is really no order. In terms of the layout, it's untidy. You have things in different angles, things in different sizes. Um, bullet points are not aligned. You know, so if you pay attention to all of these places with the arrows, you see pretty much everything that is wrong, um, wrong with this CV in terms of providing a formal document. Um, so I'm even just talking about the general layout. I'm not going into detail. If you look at the one on your right, um, you have the you know, bullet points all around the place. If you're not applying as an intern, we don't care that you got an A-plus in English. Um, so it's different if you're still in school and then, of course, you're trying to put your best foot forward. That's the only time it matters that you got an A in English or you got a B in math um, or C in biology. Otherwise, um, nobody when you're putting your experience um, with work, um, you can't just say um, IT support assistant, ABC electronics. What does that mean? What did being an IT support assistant mean? Um, so you have you need to be able to outline some of those key responsibilities that you had on those different jobs. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything to us. Um, yes, some people might tell you you only want a summary of your CV, um, which is fine. Um, if I only want a summary of your CV, perhaps you're trying to compress it into one page, but there still needs to be a place that tells me these are your overall skills and this is what you're likely to bring um, to the table. We need to understand that if CV gets us in the door, um, so it has to be attractive enough to get us to be interested in you in the first place. 
but all it's going to do is get me to invite you for an interview. When you then come in, you have to prove to me that you can do um, what your CV says that indeed you can do. Um, so I thought to point those two things out, as well as a few characteristics. Um, one of the things, um, CV assessment that um, Faith went through, um, you can see that one of the things that we focused on is presentation. Um, if you're like me, if you see a meal that doesn't look pretty, you don't even taste it. Um, so it, it matters what it looks like. So if I, if, I pick, if I open a PDF document that is supposed to be your CV and all of it is all over the place, I'm most likely not even going to look at it. Um, so your overall outlook matters. It needs to be tidy. It needs to be easy to read. So you can't have tiny fonts. You can't have big. You can't have two tiny fonts. You can't have two big fonts. There has to be order. Um, you can't have a CV where half of the page is italicized, half of it is not, half is bolded, half is not. There needs to be order. There needs to be alignment. Otherwise, people get disinterested in what it is that you have shared. Um, get the basics right. And there are some important and common sections that you can't can't touch. They have to be there. Um, any extra is an extra, but some basics must be there, which of course are your skills, um, your experience, your professional qualification. Um, what are you interested in? For multinational jobs, language can be, um, can be pretty important. Um, so statistically, it's been said that a recruiter spends about three to five seconds on your CV. What that recruiter is able to see in three to five seconds determines whether or not the recruiter will decide to pay attention to your CV. It's also said that for every job application that is made public, a recruiter receives 1,450 applications. If I'm going to receive 1,450 applications for every job um, someone applies for, it immediately means I cannot spend too much time on one person's CV unless there's something there that makes it interesting enough for me to do so. Um, so we have to be putting our best foot forward by making sure that our information contains the right information. Um, so we have to get the basics right. Then we have to tailor the CVs to you. Um, the fact you edited your CV last year for a job as an admin assistant does not mean that that's the same CV you would, you would send to me if you were trying to apply for a recruitment analyst. You have to look at the job descriptions of the role, see that you can do the things that are there, and then tailor your CV to meet that role. Um, if you're applying for it, you have to show um, that you're able to, you have to show that you're able to do exactly what it is that um, that role is going to be demanding of you. So you need to tailor your CVs to every role. But what does that mean? That also means that you can't then put in things that you can't do. Um, because if you then put those in, you're going to have to defend them at the interview. So the fact that the job description says a particular thing does not mean you just copy all of those and say that you've done them before. Um, because if you do that, it will still backfire in the end anyway. But the point is you need to identify those things that you know that you can do and edit your CV um, to speak to those things with a little more focus. So we're not saying that you're just simply replicating the job description, but we're saying that you are identifying the tasks within those job descriptions that you can do, and you're editing your CVs um, to, to, meet, to meet those ideals. Include a personal statement, just like Faith has, um, Faith has said. Um, your personal statement is, is, is pretty much your career objective. 
what have you done? How have you grown your career? What value, what skills have you learned? And what value are you planning to bring to an organization? An organization needs to know that your, your career objectives are aligned with theirs. And it's easy to, it's easy for me as a recruiter to decide to continue reading your CV after I read your personal statement. Your personal statement already tells me, okay, is this the person that I'm looking for? Um, yes, you're still going to have to, to determine that at the interview, but I decide at that point, can I or can I not? Is there or is there not what I want in this particular person? So you must include the personal statement. I mean, that's the first two seconds of looking at a CV. It will decide whether or not I want to go further. Another word of caution, if you go through 10 CVs, um, 10 random CVs, you can almost read word for word the exact same personal statement because people just pick them up from online. You have to read it. You have to know it. You have to own it. It has to speak to who it is you are as a professional. What you would typically see as a personal statement is I am a results-oriented professional in da-da-da-da-da. Pretty much that's, that's, that's where it ends. But you, you just see, they just pick up random random jargon, solution-oriented, results-oriented, um, multitasking professional. Um, there, there are certain words that are keywords for recruiters generally, and you read a whole paragraph that is full of all of those words, but without quite saying anything. Um, it's easy to, to read when a person copied something um, from online than when a person wrote it based on his or her own quality. So you need to, you need to be able to reflect on that. Um, also, this speaks to a cover letter. If you want, um, if you if you want a recruiter to be to feel personal about your application, usually cover letter is pretty much a personal statement that is elaborated on. It is telling me exactly what you can do and exactly what value you hope to be able to bring um, to the organization. Include the icing. So sometimes those things that seem irrelevant to us. I volunteered in a soup kitchen. I volunteered, you know, and thought maths in a, in a slum to school project. They seem irrelevant, but most of the time, those things make the difference between two qualified candidates. If I have two qualified candidates on paper, those are the little things that help me to decide um, who can I focus on because this person is passionate, um, is passionate about something. This person has a cause. This person does more, um, sees the world, you know, sees the world from a broader perspective. Um, this person is able to devote his or her time to certain things that don't have any personal gain. So I, I begin to look beyond the person's experience and, and I start to look at the, person, the person's nature. Who is this person? This person is someone who will go the extra mile um, for a colleague, for a team member, for a team player. Those are the things that help you decide between two qualified two equally qualified candidates on the job. So where you are able to volunteer, where you're able to intern, add those things because they add value to your general, um, to the general person, um, person that a recruiter assumes you to be. Uh, and we've already said this, keep your CV updated. Your CV is not, a, it's not an item in the store. Um, it's a dynamic document. You're supposed to be reviewing it. You're supposed to be updating it. Every time you learn a new skill, you're supposed to update your CV with it. Every time you take on a new role, you're supposed to include it to your CV. Um, potential employers are impressed when they see that a person has 
a self-development path. If you go an entire year without learning a different skill, it means you're or you're simply not interested in the development of that career. Um, so you need to keep your CV updated and of course there needs to be things um, to put in that CV. So you need to keep developing yourself as you go along. These are the five notable C's of a CV and that's that it needs to be clear, it needs to be concise, it needs to be consistent, it needs to be complete, and it needs to be current. So complete means it includes everything you need, not that it includes just every piece of information in the world and then it misses out on some of the basic things. Concise means that things that you put in there, they need to be relevant and they need to be necessary. Clear means that it needs to be organized. You can't have, you can't have half the page filled with bio data, your village, your, your local government area, how many you are in the family, your nationality, how many languages you speak. And half of the page is already gone. So I'm trying to look at the bottom of the page to see, okay, what are your skills? You have to, it has to be logical. What are the most important things? Those are the things that need to come first. Um, it's also said that recruiters look at the center of the page on any. So if when I look at the center of your page in two seconds and you haven't shown, I haven't seen anything that impresses me, I move on. Like I said, if for every role that I'm trying to shortlist for, I have a thousand, over a thousand applications, why would I waste time on yours when the first page hasn't given me any reason to stay, right? So it needs to be clear, it needs to be organized, it needs to be logical. It needs to be consistent. Like we said, you can't have different colors all over the place jumping around and quarreling with each other. You can't have italicized here. You can't have, I shouldn't be, be telling myself that there's a difference in sections because of the difference in size. You need to be consistent. You need to be clear. And I need to be able to make sense of your CV without asking anybody any questions. And like we said, current, up to date. It needs to be up to date. Um, relevant CV content, again, we've gone through this, but let's just quickly slide down. These are the things that um, these, Relevant CV content are the things that form the basis of our checklist. Um, your contacts, um, like, like Faith said, it's not about your house number. We are not coming there to visit you. For security reasons, those are things that are irrelevant. The only reason your contact needs to be there in terms of a physical location is if the job I'm, I'm, I'm recruiting for is in Lagos, I need to know that you're in Lagos. Um, so I really don't need to know, where, you know the name of your street, your house number, your flat number and all of those things, they are unnecessary. So all you need to do is Lagos, Nigeria, or like she said, Lekki actually Lagos, Nigeria, because some people also want to know that you live close to the workplace so that you don't have excuses of third mainland bridges closed. Um, so for instance, if you live in, Le in Lekki and the job is in Lekki, it would be good to say Lekki, Lekki, Lagos, Nigeria, just so that the person knows that, okay, well, this person lives in proximity of the office and I'm not going to hear excuses about why I'm late to work. Career professional objectives, like we said, this is important. Employers like to know that there's alignment between your plans and them, which is why employers will typically ask you in an interview, where do you see yourself in five years? They just want to know that you are the person who's going to stick around and build a career. Or, I mean, if you're applying for the job of, of, of a tech, of a technician, and then they ask you, oh, where do you see yourself in five years? And you say, oh, I see myself in Canada. The guy knows that you're, you're there for the next two weeks or two months, but whenever until, you know, whatever it is you're looking for comes through. So you need, to, an employer needs to know that. So there's no wrong or right career professional objective. 
what it is is what is your objective but i will then decide as an employer whether or not it aligns with me because i will typically not put my business objective on your job description but it needs to be there so that i know if we are aligned because i mean you might say oh i really need the job so i don't want to let them know that uh, we are not aligned but the truth is if you're not aligned and you do jo- get that job in less than 6 months you're going to be looking for somewhere else to go because you're not going to be happy there so you need to see a job as a career you need to see it as something you're building you're growing the company is growing you can't see it as a means to an end if you see all jobs simply as a source for a salary you're going to be jumping from job to job very soon and that's going to start to affect even your um your ability to get new jobs because employers also don't like to see CVs where it's six months here four months here five months here it means you're not consistent it means you don't have focus it means you don't know what you want um so it, it's going to affect you as well so it's important that you get jobs where you are aligned um with the plans the strategic plans of the employer specific skills there are several broad job themes project management um communication um <clears throat> market research It, depending on what those skills are this is a good place to show them so that they show your strength experience like she said demonstrate that you possess the requisite experience to deliver on the job you cannot demonstrate that if you don't have some bullet points of the responsibilities that you took at the different jobs those bullet points are the things that demonstrate that you indeed have that experience education what education does is it just shows that you meet the minimum requirements like we said um there would probably be a job that says oh they must all be graduates all we need to know is that you're a graduate we really don't care what you read in school all we need to know is that you're a graduate which is why it is less important than experience um because experience is what shows me that you've done this before and it means that you would probably more easily catch up than the guy who has never done this before but it doesn't mean that um because you you went to school and read a particular course that you will do better at the job it's not guaranteed um certifications um where role has a certification that you can show expertise like faith has said you need to begin um a diet that shows commitment in that regard um projects um like she said there are some jobs where this is very important and you need to state it um so where you are on jobs like that you need to be able to state it so projects completed you need to be able to emphasize okay i finished the project in this area so for instance if you are in construction project management you need to be able to say, to say finished 50 units of apartments in this area or in that area if you are an it project manager you need to be able to say something like completed the implementation of da 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 in da 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 da, da. So for some jobs it's very critical for some jobs it's less critical but what it does shows that you're a person who finishes things it shows that you focus on the solutions you focus on the results of certain activities and that is key we also mentioned activities and volunteering this just shows that you're a person who has a broader perspective to life you're not only thinking about yourself um so it just shows you know you have purpose and you're able to put structure to your hobbies you're able to put structure to your passions um languages hobbies like we said um this depends on where you are it depends on where you're getting the job um it represents openness to diversity that if if 
for instance, you're Igbo and you say there that you speak how far you speak Yoruba, it makes the person is an open um, is an open person. It's not the it's a person who's quite tolerant um, of other people and accepting of other people. So it just gets to build your personality of who it is um, that you are. So like I said, I just want to take us through those areas um, which I think Faith missed while she was having the issues with her with her presentation. Um, but she has done a fantastic job on all the other areas. So now we're just going to open to some questions and answers um, that we can take very quickly. And then we will release the poll. Thank you very much. So do we have any questions? We can them. thank you. Okay, someone raised his hand. Okay, so let's have a conversation now. If you can please type your questions, I think we will prepare that. Are you able to access the chat? type your question. Anyone else, if we have questions, please let's go ahead and type them out. Samuel, you can go ahead and ask your question or you can type it out. Okay, it says, what is the standard font for a CV? Also, should we hide employment gaps? How do we cover up for them? Um, okay, so to answer this, there's no standard font. Um, the the rule of thumb would be that you use a font that is easily readable. Um, 12 is usually the standard font for formal documents anyways. Um, so use a font that is easily readable. So I would say stay, um, stay around 11 and 12 um, as the standard font for the body of this. Um, as much as possible, you want to hide employment gap. But like we said, um, the idea is not to be lying in your CV. The idea is not to um, to falsify information to make yourself look good. Um, as much as possible, I mean, integrity is obviously one of the um, one of the characteristics that an employer looks out for. Um, so, where there are employment gaps, the suggestion and the recommendation is that you take training where you're able to intern or you're able to volunteer in certain organizations without pay, you can go ahead and do that um, so that it's something that you can put in those gaps. But, um, because the truth is you must explain those gaps to a recruiter doing an interview. Um, and if, of course, um, those gaps are, are easily explained, you can go ahead and explain them. Um, but the suggestion is that every time you have an employment gap, you go ahead and learn a skill or you volunteer, or you intern at a company wherever you're able to get that opportunity. But ideally, employment gaps are not encouraged. Um, so, for instance, if you decided, oh, I want to take a year off work, um, you 
you must have decided to take that year off work for a particular reason. So that reason you can explain. Um, if you wanted to go to school, you can put, I went for a master's degree and you know that's what the employment gap was about. So just be able to explain it, be able to justify it. But if it's just that you're out of work, um, the recommendation is that you attend trainings um, that would improve, improve your skills um, for when you do get um, that next job. Any other questions? If you don't have, um, there's another question that says, I don't have much experience. How do I make up for this? Um, the best way to make up for a lack of experience is by learning or if by, sorry, it's by interning. Um, so you don't have a job um, because you haven't gotten employed. You must have a cousin, uncle, auntie, mother, someone that works somewhere. So even though they don't have the role that they are trying to you can apply to be an intern so they are not going to pay you but while you're there you're going to learn very few organizations will say no to internships i mean ideally it's free labor but of course i don't really have the skills so they feel a bit obliged to teach you so some people would of course like to manage the number of interns that they get but the best way to fill in that experience gap is by interning on volunteering in organizations when the opportunity goes itself. Any other questions? I hope I've been able to answer your question. Do we have other questions? A poll has been released. If you can each just take a minute to respond to the questions um, on the poll, just to ensure that we um, we continue to develop our, on our webinars as we deliver them to you. Um, Faith, do you have any closing remarks? Yes, we can. Hello. Okay, so thank you very much for everyone who joined in today. Um, I sure hope we have we've been able to learn something today from this. Your volume is a bit low. Still quite low. I don't know if it's just me. Much better, much better. Okay. okay, so I was saying thank you um, to everyone who was able to join us today. Um, I do hope that, you know, we were able to learn something from this webinar today and um, hope uh, that, or I assure you all that um, our subsequent series would be um, very educative, you know, would be better and 
you know, and um, more, uh, how do I put it? And sorry, it will be more eye-opening, you know, than the one we had today. And um, just like she said, if you will kindly, um, you know, answer or filling um, the post that has just been released so that we can, you know, get better at this as we go on. Thank you once again for joining and um, good luck to everyone.